Imperial soldiers in Xeon, so we are certain to be victorious in this war! one man that's cool i mean you, you had a bunch of stuff going on you were sick your mom came to visit yeah it was crazy i'm glad that she visited like right after i got better so because you were like deathly ill weren't you like not like rona deathly but like i was not having a good time that's for sure and then i was trying to work on shit oh yeah what were you trying to yeah. work on that remix and some other musical stuff I got going on. It was just, it's really hard to, to do sick as fuck, you know? Cause like when you're sick, not only is your vision fucked up, but your sense of space, your hearing and everything is weird. Especially so. if it's any kind of like head cold, like you kind of feel like you're out of body and trying to listen to something. Yeah. Everything's just fucked up. Yeah. It just seemed like it would be kind of counterproductive to try mixing anything under those conditions. So I just waited it out. I mean, solid decisions. You got everything done though. True that. And then this, this, this specifically had no like real timetable. We had plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. Adam, Adam can't crack the whip on me. He doesn't own me. It's good. That's right. He owns the rest of us though. I, I, I'm not in, in a cage. <laughs> we're all in cages, so we, we envy you for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that you guys. Uh, I mean, it, it's weird though, because like y'all were all locked in a cage, and then he, he has a separate cage that y'all lock him into. I don't. I don't really understand how this cage yeah. dynamic works. And then all of that is in a in a bigger cage. His cage and our cages are all in this larger cage. Who 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 locks y'all in the big cage? I don't know. I've never seen his face. God. Oh no. He wears a, a hood, a dark hood. Just got the little holes for his eyes. That's all he wears though. He's he's naked, very muscular man. Just stark naked from the neck down. Yeah. He likes to uh Rub his dick on the bars. Oh, God. Yeah. No. Yeah, so we don't really grab on the bars anymore. Oh, this is how I get locked in a cage with you, doesn't it? Now that you told me. Oh, no, don't worry. It's going to be fine. What in the fucking Hartford cult are you trying to... <laughs> <laughs> That's nothing. That's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. So this comes out... We're recording this the day of the episode 48 release, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Episode 48. I think yep. so. Man, that's crazy. We're creeping on 50 episodes, man. What the fuck? Aren't you about to hit the uh, the two year anniversary here in a couple days? Yeah, that's nuts. It feels like I mean, it kind of feels like it's been a year, kind of not even. So it being two years, that's pretty insane. I mean, the whole like 2020 Rona thing, it felt like we were in some sort of weird time warp where like Everything felt longer, but also shorter at the same time. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like everything felt longer, but then once we got to this tail end of it, it's like all of that wasn't much of anything. Didn't really count. We just got left on pause for 
10 months. Yeah. But here we are. It's it's fucking May 25th, 2021. The world Hell hasn't yeah. ended yet. Maybe. Not yet. It's got a few more months, probably. Maybe. Hopefully. Fucking big old asteroid's going to come in here and wreck our shit. Yeah. Or something. So your first question comes in from Twitter user Turniped. All right, Turniped, hit me. What was your favorite moment to record? Honestly, probably all the beach episodes. <laughs> like all of the spinoff episodes, the weird ones. Uh, those were the most fun, I think. What was it about the beach episodes that was uh, so fun for you? I think it was the fact that we got to fuck around and be stupid and just kind of go off the rails. But at the same time, keep everything that's uh, happened in the storyline in mind, you know, for like humorous callbacks and things like that. And then shit would get really dark all of a sudden. So that was cool. Yeah, y'all do have a very unique way of having your beach episodes of it just taking super dark turns. Yeah, I like that we make it a little different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your next one comes in also from Twitter from username Captain Ganymede. All right, Captain. If your character could go back in time and warn your past self about one thing, what would it be? That was an easy one. I think that would be to uh, keep Copilot the fuck away from Sark. <laughs> So how would you change that situation? Like, bro, I'm from the future. Don't do that. You'll die. But then would that not mean that Lone Star <laughs> Prime then gets straight murked? He would murk himself for co-pilot. I think he would. Oh, no. Would that, would that change the timeline and then somehow Lone Star becomes the actual new type and co-pilot's oh, no longer the new type? Interesting. Maybe. It's like some hmm. weird, like, Gundam Unicorn new type magic happening. Like, I don't Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you bring up the I mean it, I guess it's foreseeable that everybody was kind of going to bring up co-pilot's death for uh, how they would go back in time yeah but so do you have any other moments you think aside from um, the death of co-pilot that Lone Star would go back and maybe warn himself about maybe not change it but just give himself the heads up there was one point in the story and I can't really remember the specifics maybe uh Maybe a fan will be able to tell me what I'm trying to think of here. But there was this moment where I was not paying attention to Adam when he was telling us what was happening. And so I made this one decision that was like really fucking stupid. And everyone was acting like I was fucking stupid for making it. And I was like, what the fuck? What's wrong with this decision? We ended up being interrogated for it. What was it? I can't. Y'all been interrogated so many times. Like I can't. I think it was when we were kind of um, going rogue. And I accidentally ratted us out. And the only reason I did that was because there was some intel that I wasn't supposed to give up. And I wasn't paying attention to that part of the story. I was totally zoned out when uh, Adam was telling us that. And so later on, I just I just like spilled the beans. Fuck, I can't remember. This, is, this sounds so vague. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of moments where I wasn't paying attention. And then uh, I fucked things up for, for Adam and the storyline. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure the fans can point those out for me. I mean, I feel like that kind of goes in line with uh, just Lone Star's attitude in the first place. Like, he might have just straight up been like, nah, man, I'm going for it. It's good. It's fine. Yeah, that's what I, each time that happens, I try to play it off. Like, yeah, it's fucking Lone Star. He just doesn't give a fuck. But in my head, I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, what was I doing? Oh, oh God. No. Yeah, I, I have some pretty bad ADHD, so. Uh, sitting here at this microphone. It gets tough sometimes. Especially when you guys have such a large cast. Like, 
Yeah. You've got to balance everybody kind of having a moment of like having time to have the spotlight. And sometimes that like leaves you sitting on the sidelines watching for long enough that like your mind's going to wander. Yeah. And it's not even, it's like Adam does a great job and it's very interesting when it's other people, you know, role playing and stuff, but they're just those moments where I just, some shit happens in the background and I'm like, what's that? And, uh, and then I come back and everyone's acting like something really fucked up happened. And I'm too embarrassed to be like, uh, Hey, rewind about 30 minutes. What happened? My bad, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so I just I just go full on Lone Star that way. And I'm just like, keep keep going forward. Don't stop. Just Lone Star run through this shit. Well, I mean, post post co-pilot getting uh, eviscerated, like Lone Star kind of had a big change in, in personality. You don't really yeah. see the, the super happy go lucky. Fuck it. Like I'm Lone Star. Yeah. The, the, the cockiness and the. You know, not taking things as seriously most of the time. Obviously, there's still those moments where, you know, he lets his goofy side out. But for the most part, uh, co-pilot was the reason he did that stuff. You know, he's he's like, everything's going to be fucking awesome. I'm going to be fucking awesome because I've got my co-pilot, you know. And so with co-pilot gone, he's like, holy shit, people die. (laughs) People I love die. This sucks. I got to like. You know, be careful and shit now. now. Now you truly are a lone star. He's truly a lone star now. Yep. I think that joke's already been made and I, I feel bad for remaking it, but whatever. <laughs> nah, we're retconning all the other times that joke was made. You, you're the first person to make it. I think you're the first one that made it, actually. Oh, yeah, I'm the first person to make it. <laughs> we're retconning the joke retcon. thief. <laughs> you fucking Carlos Mencia whoa, bastard. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> At least call me Dane Cook. Fuck, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you're gonna if you're gonna name me after being a joke thief. Fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dane Cook. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that kind of brings us to our next question. Uh, Twitter user, I'm your stepladder. All right. I'm gonna rephrase this one a little bit different since we kind of just talked a little bit about it. But um. Okay. Since Copilot's passing, uh, who do you feel Lone Star now synergizes the most with? Oh, that's easy, Ras Marco. Yeah, I think I think because he was already inching that way when Copilot was around, you know, and then uh, seeing Ras Marco kind of develop as a character and become his own self, get a backbone and all that. It was kind of like seeing a Copilot during the the end of his life there. So I think Lone Star gravitates toward him in that way. There's also a little pinch of homoerotica there. Only a pinch. Yeah, well, maybe a handful. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's like with Copilot too. So, yeah, once again, this is just like him uh, seeing a lot of Copilot <laughs> in Rast. With Copilot, though, I think it was, it was a lot more than just a, a pinch. Maybe even more than a handful of homoeroticism sometimes. Oh, yeah. It was like a hot tub full. You guys were giving us a, a lesson of bromantics. Like- oh, yeah. We were pioneering the the bromance genre. Like y'all, y'all took Lost in the Prosphere to a whole nother level. <laughs> yep, definitely. Uh, that was a bad joke. Dallas, please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> this is when the son of a bitch leaves that in and me saying that. Keep it in, Dallas. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we got one more for you from Twitter. This one comes in from uh, Siege, actually. Twitter user Siege. All right, Siege. Yeah, Siege. All right, let's hear it. 
If your character was forced into cooking for Gordon Ramsay to impress him in a competition against the others from the Ghost of the Inverness, <laughs> what would you cook and do you think you would win? <laughs> that's a great question, Siege. Um, I think that's the question on everyone's minds. I think Lone Star would win hands down. He'd break out the chocolate pudding cream corn casserole. <laughs> you can't beat that. Good fucking luck. I want you to know that I just had Dr. Pepper come out my nose because of that. <laughs> I was You're not welcome. prepared. And how does how does how does one prepare this chocolate pudding cream corn casserole? It's pretty complex. You uh well you need cream corn and you need uh chocolate pudding and you need some kind of container to mix the two. That's it. <laughs> Don't even don't even heat it. It's just you take them both. Now are, are you are you getting the chocolate pudding like straight out of like a a can of it? Are you getting like a bunch of the little like pudding cups? Like what are you doing here? You chill you chill the pudding and you heat up the uh, cream corn and then you mix them in. So you have cold pudding and warm cream corn mixed in together. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I know it sounds delicious. Oh God. Getting hungry just thinking about it. I don't even want to eat dinner now. Fuck. Why? Yeah, because it's not going to be chocolate pudding, cream corn casserole. You're I, right. I understand. You're not. You're not right for the reasons you think you're right, but you're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm right about something. That's that's all that matters to me. It's actually one of the uh, the ones that came in from a DM. Comes in all from right. comrade. All right, comrade. Let's hear it. How much does Lone Star think he can bench? I don't think there's a limit to what Lone Star thinks he can bench. You say the number, he'll probably say, fucking lay it on me. Now, how much do you think he could actually bench? He's pretty strong. As a non-strong person, what's like normal for a strong person to bench? I don't even know anymore. Like, that's a- <laughs> I don't know the basis for comparison. <laughs> All I know is Lone Star, I think he would be above average in strength. And then his confidence and sheer willpower would just boost him a little bit more than that. He could probably bench whatever Dwayne the Rock Johnson can bench, but maybe for less less time. He'd probably, you know, reality would probably snap in eventually, and he'd be like, "Oh shit, I can't do this." Just feels his his shoulders and everything else just kind of start falling out of place. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even I don't even know like, like what an actual like bench press injury is, other than dropping the damn bar on yourself. Yeah, that's what I always imagine: just dropping it and just slamming on your throat. Seen like videos recently, they've made these uh, new fancy benches that uh, you can like step on a little stopper and it drops the bench down. And there's like little safety rails to catch the the bar, so that you can just drop out of it no matter how many, like, no matter how hard the fail is. Oh, that's cool. I'll never use one. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever want to put myself in that situation. But like the top comments are like, "Without the fear of death, how am I supposed to bench?" Though, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need the fear of death behind you. Comrade had a follow-up, and then this is addressed to you. Okay. How much do you think you can binge? <laughs> uh, how much does a the average guitar amp weigh? That's probably the most I could do. It's like 50. Over here Googling frantically how much does a guitar amp weigh. <laughs> I'm just looking around my room like, what can I lift that's kind of heavy? That thing's kind of heavy. Guitar amps range from 10 to 110 pounds. Cool. We'll, we'll say 75. 
<laughs> you know what? Now I want to fucking try to bench press just to just to see what I can do. You know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the gym. This is secretly how Comrade wanted to get you into Tom's gym. This is this is how it happens. <laughs> I'm going to go in the gym one time. Just one time. Not going to get addicted to it or anything and get super buff. Come back for the next Pink for President album. You're just you're just fucking jacked. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to get more uh, you know, physically active. I used to be a, an athletic kid, and then I don't know what happened. Something terrible. Would you like play sports? Yeah, as a kid, when I was like in middle school. What did you play? I played football. Yeah? Yeah, a little basketball. I skateboarded and did like, you know, extreme sports and shit. That was my favorite. I did inline skate and BMX. Razor scooter. The hardcore shit. Fucking razor scooter to the, the shin and or kneecap. Every time. Yeah, that's that's hardcore shit. That's like every bale on a scooter is metal to the shin, you know? Like it just it's it like just doesn't matter what you try to do. It's it's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. All right. This one is from Facebook user. I'm gonna try to not fuck this name up. Ramon Palacios. All right, Ramon, what you got? Dear Lone Star. Would space make your Lone Star run better because that pesky gravity and friction won't hold you down anymore? It might be that your soul won't be weighted down by gravity anymore. Well, the Lone Star Run's propulsion is sheer willpower. So without that pesky matter getting in the way, yeah, Lone Star would quite literally be a shooting star. Be unstoppable. Now, also part of the Lone Star Run is you you, you have things to push off of. What are you? How's this going to work in space? Oh, no. No, he never pushes off of anything. He just lets his soul pull him to where he wants to go. He was never weighed down by Earth gravity, like soul-wise. That's true. But those pesky humans that Lone Star has to keep saving all the time, they keep getting in the way, you know? So in space, I wouldn't have to deal with that, maybe. Unless there were, like, space damsels that I'd have to rescue, you know? What do you, what do you, what do you mean by those pesky humans? Are you saying that Lone Star is not a human? Uh, the next question. All right. What fucking planet does Lone Star come from? <laughs> <laughs> that's for me to know yep next question <laughs> wow just, just gonna dodge that one <laughs> <laughs> like nope mm-mm, mm-mm, we're not doing it i want someone to make lone star's alien backstory now if someone does that i'll be very thankful i'm curious where they would put him from yeah me too probably somewhere cool where like a bunch of sexy dudes come from you know i don't even i don't even know what planet that would be i gotta google it later what planet just has sexy jacked bros. Like the uh, the Muscle Beach version of Krypton, pretty much. Yeah. Baywatch meets Krypton. That's where Lone Star's from. I'm trying to like I'm trying to think of like some witty name for like what how you would combine those to make a planet. But I got nothing. Ripped on. Ripped on. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. It it it's bad, but it's <laughs> It's like the right kind of bad to where it would work for the most part, you know? Yeah. Ripped brawn. Ripped brawn. <laughs> From the planet Ripped Brawn. I like it. Oh, we're, we're writing new lore for you, Adam. Um, I hope you enjoy it. There are aliens on Earth. Enjoy that. You're welcome. You're welcome. I guess that's enough about uh, Lone Star himself at this point. All right. Let's, 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 let's talk about Zach. Let's talk about what Zach does. So, like... 
obviously you've got pink for president. You've got fight your foes. You've got your kind of solo project, your, your solo act that you've been doing a bunch of, uh, songs for recently. And then you also like yeah, yeah. record other fucking artists. Like what, what, what is your life, man? It's stressful sometimes. <laughs> I get, I think I, I bite off more than I can chew sometimes. Um, but I'm, I've been working on getting organized with that. But yeah. Trying to get to where I can put out content and, and all of those areas kind of around the same time every month. Remember you did, um, as fight your foes on Twitch right around Christmas time, you did your live stream as you were making the chip tune for jingle bells. Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about doing anything like that again? Or was that just kind of a one-time deal? Oh no, I've got, I've got a few more in the works. I've got, uh, three more planned actually coming soon. So stay tuned. Link in the description below. Um, <laughs> I just want to keep saying that like in anything that we do from, from now on, just something random entirely. Link in the description below. <laughs> yeah. Just a fuck ton of links in the description. They all go to the same place. It's yep. all, it's all the same link. It's something on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a time marked, like random hentai video of like <laughs> some kind of just sketchy tentacle moment. Yeah. I like that. Let's do that. <laughs> Link in the description below, everyone. <laughs> it should be like 50 different links in the description and they all go to like a different five second portion of the same hentai. Oh my God. I I like that. I Let's wonder if you that. could do that. We won't know until we try. Yeah. Dallas, get on it. When Dallas bans link in the description below. <laughs> <laughs> no, no more descriptions below. That's it. <laughs> There's no more links, no more descriptions. Um, <laughs> you know, no more videos, no more, no more podcasts. Done. I quit. <laughs> See, like you and Dallas have like all these different musical projects. Like how did, how did the two of you end up like getting into all this together? Well, Dallas is the reason I got into music. I mean, I was, I was already really interested in doing it. It was just something in the back of my mind. Um, but I didn't know anyone who had, made music or anything like that so it was just kind of a, a a dream to do that one day and then uh i met him in high school and he had a few friends and they were making music together and stuff and i was like that's fucking awesome let me get in on this and uh at first they didn't have any any room for me they're like we already have all the members we need so sorry dude i was like i don't know i'll fucking draw for you guys and they're like you can draw and i'm like yeah i'm a fucking artistic genius i was not i could not draw but <laughs> i drew really bad drawings for them with their band's name on it which is at the time xd like the uh, emoji and uh after a while people were falling out of the band they weren't really interested or they turned out to not even have instruments or know how to play it was just more like let's talk about being in a band to girls in high school so they'll think we're cool so I was like, yeah, you guys need a guitarist. I see. I could I could play guitar. That was another lie. And so I uh, just learned how to do a power chord from one of my friends. And I was like, I'm just going to make a, a song with this thing. And uh, just made like a, a little ditty. And I played it for them at a tryout after school one day. And they were like, this is fucking amazing. I don't know why they thought that. I, but yeah, I thought it too. I was like, this is fucking amazing. You're right. But like looking back, I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck? What were we thinking? 
But um, I'm glad that we were all stupid enough to think I had talent because uh, that started the journey of making music. Eventually, it was just Dallas and me. The others either had creative differences or weren't very interested in making music. So um, Dallas and I decided to do our own thing. And at that time, the band was called Pink for President. One of the guys, he came up with that name before he left. And we just kept it because coming up with names is hard. And uh, yeah, and Dallas and I became best friends and we just started doing a bunch of different music projects. And then with podcasting becoming a thing and that being really cool, I decided to use that as a another avenue for music and create opening themes and background music for different podcasts. Dallas got really into editing, so that's mainly been his focus lately. And that's where we're at now. That's the present. He edits podcasts, I make the music, and then sometimes we get together and make different music. And then sometimes you get together and you make different, different music. Yeah, and then we make different, different music when we're feeling a little different from different, you know? I mean, the two of you have, what, two different bands together at this point? Yeah, we've got our pop punk band, Pink for President. We've got an Irish folk duo called The Flanks. He plays mandolin. I play acoustic guitar and vocals. Then... I like to do electronic and chiptune music, so I decided to make that its own little thing, call it Fight Your Foes. And then I do I do music commissions as well, and so I decided to do that under just like my own name. And then I, I also started getting interested in uh, covering songs and all that, and I didn't really have a place anywhere with the other projects I was doing, so that's also under my solo name. And so that's pretty much how it's all divided up. Now you've got like all of your, uh, your covers you've been doing on TikTok. That's right, that's right. And then you're out here doing Teenage Dirtbag and Weedus is recognizing you and like crazy shit's happening there. Hell yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Weedus, the legends. I had a train of thought and I lost it and I'm God damn it. <laughs> you're good. I heard the actual train in the backyard and got fucking distracted by that. <laughs> but, oh, you have a train near you too? Bro, I, I live on the tracks. Like my, my back fence borders the train. <laughs> We have a train near us too, and and I just moved from a place that was near near a train. So, yeah, I got to hear the fucking train over at your old place when I uh, I, I slept on the oh, floor yeah. in the uh, in the recording studio. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it gets fucking loud over there. It's not as loud here, but we still get that. And then we live near an airport too, so we hear planes all the time. Jesus, what's crazy is the train was louder there than it is in this house. And you said you live like on the tracks Wait, like pretty the, much. The tracks are on my back fence. Jeez. Like, I don't know, man. I think it has to do with like how it, how much house there is for it to pass through to get to me. Vice, it was just kind of this big tunnel of open ground from the tracks to your old place. Yeah. And plus you live in like a house house, right? Yeah. Yeah. We lived in those like shady little apartments. Yeah, I'm sure you could hear everything from outside. The walls were so flimsy. Weren't those like supposed to be dorms or something originally? Yeah. Yeah, they they actually are. But Dallas and Kat have been staying at the apartments for a while. And uh, like because there's like an apartment section and then there was that new section that they were uh, using for for college students. Um, But since Dallas and Kat kind of got in with the management, uh, they convinced them to let us rent out one of the college apartments for uh, my girlfriend and me to join them that that walking in there was a very confusing setup because it's like you've got (laughs) 
four full on bedrooms yeah. with their own bathroom. But then like it's a super small kitchen. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a tiny little kitchen. I guess that's how it needs to be, though. You know, if you don't want to have to go into other people's dorm rooms to have to use the bathroom. So, yeah, just surprised like they didn't make like the uh, I guess the kitchen a little bit bigger and I maybe take a little bit more of the common area that way. Yeah, because I like, get it, it was hard that's to fit weird, two people side by side in there. Yeah, that is awkward now that I think about it. Having because I mean, thankfully we were all friends, but we uh, it was hard to share that kitchen. So I can't even imagine like four roommates that aren't really friends forced to live together because of college, having to share that little ass kitchen. That would suck. Like you better get real comfortable with the people around you, or uh, get the fuck over yourself real fast. <laughs> yeah. Going back to your music. So you said you came into this with like not having known how to play the fucking guitar before. You just picked up some power chords. But what about your vocals? Oh, yeah. I bullshitted that, too. I didn't know how to do shit. <laughs> fake it till you make it, Holy son. Holy shit. You really are fake it till you make it. <laughs> That's my whole fucking life. Just fucking do it and say you can do it and do it. And then eventually you won't suck at it. You'll be OK. So you never did any kind of like formal vocal lessons, nothing like that. Like you just went for it that's right i just went for it i mean i was really inspired by like punk music that's the beauty of punk is that you don't really have to have that kind of training to do it it's all about just the confidence and the creativity you know so and i think i've always been a creative person so i had that at least and i don't know how but i was like confident in high school looking back i'm like i was such a fucking nerd but you know i thought i was the shit i was like lone star in that way I thought I was like a fucking jock badass. <laughs> I was a little little dweeb. <laughs> I mean, it, the fucking confidence worked for you, man. That's something I need to go back in time and be like, how did you think this was good? Because I need you to convince me that now. Like, I need that confidence back. <laughs> Too much of reality is like hit being an adult. It's like I miss being a little bit uh, that delusional lone star. I mean... The, the danger of that would be going back in time and then potentially either stealing some of that confidence and lowering it at the time or like sending some kind of weird ripple effect through time, depending depending on your time travel theory here. Yeah. Either way, time travel's bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just let it. Let it be. Let the past be the past, man. It never goes well. Like the, the only like kind of time travel like makes sense is like time traveling to observe a situation. But even like, then, that was like, cool. you still run the risk of something else spotting you and fucking up everything. Yeah. If you can time travel and be completely invisible, completely untouchable, just undetected by all human senses, animal senses too, all living thing senses, because, you know, anything noticing you could cause a ripple effect. So, yeah, if you could just, just observe. Maybe that's what's happening now. Maybe someone's observing us from the future and we can't detect them. You know what? Fuck them. And I hope they're hope they're getting quantum leaped like Scott Bakula. Yeah, those bastards. Fuck you. If you're listening, you bastards. Get out of my business. Stop looking at me doing nasty things to myself. <laughs> oh my God. They're like, wow, the human race. Our penises were much smaller back then. Ugh, sad. That is what they refer to as an any, I believe. Interesting. <laughs> What? Interesting. Glad we have these these coiled penises that look like pigtails. Huh. Not those weird, weird, unattractive, beastly ones. 
I'm terrified of how that would fucking work. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I don't even want to go down that line of thinking any further. Love finds a way, my friend. Yep, we're gonna leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Last question about your music, and I'll leave you the fuck alone about it. Good. I'm tired of talking about my fucking music. This, this just in, folks. He's not tired of talking about his music at all. Yes, please. I love talking about myself. Oh, yeah, I'm so awesome. This is more about um, your creative process when it comes to how you've made all these different themes for... We're going to go with, with the themes for Fetty Scum so far because like you've bounced all over the place for stuff. You've had the main theme. You had your... Um, was it Zeke's Don't Surf? The uh, Zeke's Don't Surf. Your your beach theme. Now you've got yeah. the the theme remix. There's a lesser known piece of music that I made that I'm really proud of, which is the Threat of Zeon. I really like that one. It's got a nice '80s action vibe to it. So if anyone's just perusing my shit one day, just uh, check out Threat of Zeon. It's a it's a good one. Is that under uh, Fight Your Foes? Yeah, it's under Fight Your Foes. You can search Fight Your Foes on YouTube. Link in the description below. Um, Link in description. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like what drove you in the direction for each of these? And like, how, how did you come up with this? With the Fetty Scum theme, I just listened to a lot of music from the original Mobile Suit Gundam and music from Top Gun, since that's kind of what we're going for. It's like a hybrid. And so that's mainly what I listened to. And like 80s anthems and stuff like that. That's pretty much it. And then with Zeke's Don't Surf, basically you just, you took that, listened to a bunch of uh, like surf rock and went for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of Beach Boys and stuff like that. That's pretty much what I do. That's my process with, uh, if I'm entering the realm of like a new sound, I'll just listen to a lot of music by that, within that genre. And uh, until I get a feel for it. And usually, you know, a good melody is going to be a good melody, no matter what genre it's played in, usually. And so I just come up with a melody and then when it comes to entering a new genre, I just listen to other sounds to pick up uh, the instrumentation, like what kind of instruments are being used, things like that, what kind of rhythms. I want to say in the uh, the original Q&A, you mentioned something about like making your own, was it, is it, is it said synths or is it synthesizers? Like, are you asking, am I going to or have I? Have you and like, how exactly do you? Or like what, what? drives you in the direction that you you go when you do it i mean i think everything i've used is a pre-existing synth just altered to hell and back so i just do a lot of eq and uh it really just depends on the sound and the attitude i'm going for you know so first there's the eqing aspect of trying to fit it into the mix itself but then uh there are these other details that i would have to go through trying to you know give it like an edge and make it sound a little more original like uh, adding distortion or something like that to it or or trying to fuse it in with like a guitar sound, uh, playing the same melody, you know, things like that. So I usually just take different sounds I like and just smush them together, which I mean, that's just music in general. It's just what I do is just smash stuff together until, until Dallas is like, that's cool. Just slam things together until it works. Yeah. Like I said, man, it works out for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I try my best over here sometimes. You get to listen to your your uh, your best vocal performance ever with uh, Hartford Boys. Hell yeah. I don't think I could ever do a, a performance that good ever again. So <laughs> enjoy it. With all of the projects that you and Dallas have, like you've ever thought, have y'all ever thought of doing like some like parody country band pretty much? I feel like it's probably something we've joked about in the past. I mean, we joke about doing a lot of different projects and then some of them 
turn into real things like Fetty scum. Got one final question for you, and I'll let you fucking go. Let you go get something to eat, shower, <laughs> get clean clothes. Oh hell yeah! Get the hell out of your work clothes if you haven't already. Yeah, I haven't yet. <laughs> My sweat is very cold now that I'm in the AC. It's, I'm so sorry. It's nice. <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of enjoying it as gross as it is. <laughs> the gross comfort of cold sweat. Ah, it's nice. <laughs> The final question. It comes in from right. the White Shadow himself. All right, White Shadow. Talk to me, big boy. How does it feel to play the actual best character in Fetty Scum? That's pretty good. <sighs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't I don't know if I'm the best. Honestly, right now I think fucking Ras Marco's the best character. That's just that's just my opinion, which is not right because it's the DM. Fuck Adam. <laughs> He's not allowed to do this. The DM does not get to be the best fucking character. Yeah, this is fucking bullshit. Fuck you, Adam. Get someone else to take on Ras Marco. Nah, you can't do that. I love his little voice. I don't think anyone else could play Ras Marco. Yeah, God damn you, Adam. Performance of a lifetime for Adam, I guess. You, you win this round. All right, man. That's all I got for you, then. All right. Thanks so much, man. It was fun. All right. I'm going to interview you now. What the fuck is this? You can't interview the interviewer. Hell yeah, I can. I'm fucking Lone Star. <laughs> I can do what I want. All right. So first question. What do you do for fun? What do you mean what I do for fun? What do you, what do you like to do? You know, when you're not working, when you're not interviewing a bunch of fucking assholes for Fetty Scum or at your job. It's not, not, not a whole bunch of assholes here that I interviewed. I mean, it's just just one, Adam. But... <laughs> This, this is this portion where like I just shit on Adam for no reason. Nice. No, there's always a reason. Yeah. You just find out later sometimes. You just find out later sometimes. I don't know, man. Like uh, now that I'm back in Florida, like in the in the the current state of things, like I I just game mostly, man. That's cool. What you playing right now? Like we've been playing a fuck ton of Sea of Thieves. I nice. actually actually did a Sea of Thieves with Adam this morning for a little bit. What uh? What do you play it on? PC. PC. Is it cross-platform? It is indeed cross-platform. Um, Holy shit. I've got Game Pass. Let's fucking play. Yeah. It's like, so fucking um, Matt and uh, Fern also just picked it up. Nice. Let's fucking do this. All started playing on Sunday, and then Adam had his first taste of it this morning. Okay. So I'm not too late to the party. No, you're not too late at all. Sweet. All right. Let's see. Next question. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck are these questions coming from? <laughs> coming from my heart. I want to know you better. Oh, God. Let's see. Oh, uh, what made you want to do this interview? What made you want to conduct the interviews? So, fun fact, I actually was not supposed to be the one that was going to do the interviews. Oh, really? Or at least, so when I initially proposed the idea of doing the interviews, I didn't do it with myself in mind. Um, I suggested... Both uh, Shadow and Jason. J- Jason oh, okay. immediately noped the fuck out of it. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nah, man, like that is not my thing. <laughs> uh, and then Shadow's been having computer problems, so it kind of just fell to me, I guess. Well, it worked out, man. You've got you've got a beautiful voice. You've got a nice uh, podcasty voice. Like like most people, I disagree, but like I, everyone keeps saying it, so I'm just gonna accept it, and move on. You've got to majority rules, man. You just got ratioed on your own voice. I don't even. What is what does that even mean? What is what does getting ratioed mean? I don't know. I just see it on the internet all the time. I, I know it's on Twitter all the time. I think it means people. I think it's like people get more likes than you. 
or you get more dislikes than likes on stuff and and people are like you got ratioed that makes sense i feel like a, i feel like a yeah. fucking old man like not being able to keep up with a lot of these terms like the phrase subtweeting i did not understand for the longest fucking time I know what that is, but could you explain that to me? That's your next interview question for all of the old folks listening at home. Yeah, for all the old folks out there, um, we already had a word for it, and it was called being passive-aggressive. So all, oh, all a okay. subtweet is is a fucking passive-aggressive tweet. of like Really? Yeah, that's all it is. It's just passive-aggressive I mean, shit without using anyone's name. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world that we need a new word for that. We have it. It's there. It exists. It's not even like it's a, an old word or anything. It's... Still is it like if used. I tweeted, if it, is it like if I tweeted when the DM's a bitch instead of saying like Adam? I think that one be, mm, yeah, I, I guess that would still fall into the subtweet category. That's a subtweet? I'm going to subtweet that. Yeah. I'm going to subtweet that now. When the DM's a bitch. Everyone will know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Super passive aggressive. What the hashtag was that Dallas and I made in the first first interview to like just talk shit to Adam on that. It'd be perfect to, to end that with. Well, I want to know this hashtag so I can help it trend by, you know, using it, I guess. We'll, we'll see what happens when the uh, the first uh, interview releases to the uh, the public. This is your uh, this Let's is your see. Patreon plug. <laughs> Link in the description. Link in the description. All right. So let's see. Next question. How much can you fucking bench press, tough guy? Uh, last <laughs> I benched, I could only do... Um, 195, which for being a oh, guy nice. that's 270 pounds, that's really light. That's like a whole me and some more. Like my bench is my, my lowest. Like I can, I can squat 340. I went for 345 and I got folded like a fucking lawn chair. <laughs> <laughs> like did the whole thing, like put, put on, put on my song in the gym, got, got fucking up in there, hyped, hit the smelling salts. Uh. Go to lift, go down just fine. Go to go back up. My legs move, my upper body doesn't, and you just watch <laughs> me like take a nosedive into the safeties. Luckily, the safeties were there; otherwise, my head was getting cracked into the pavement. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. Next question: Is there footage of this available to the public? There almost was, and I'm kind of glad that there's not because I'm damn. I didn't want to see that. That makes one of us. <laughs> All right, let's see. I had one question at the beginning that I was like, I want to interview this guy now. And now I can't fucking think of it because you were interrogating me about interviewing you. And I was like, and I forgot. Let's see. I wasn't interrogating you. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm going to tweet when the interviewer interrogates you. That's what I'm going to tweet. I'm going to subtweet that. See, I'm making it not passive aggressive by telling you that I'm going to do it. I, I think the tweet's still passive aggressive. Oh, even if I'm like aggressive to you, I guess it appears as a subtweet, but it's secretly not a subtweet. It's that sub non secret, the, the secret non subtweet. I, I don't even know the fuck to make that work. It's like the inside non sub tweet, the aggressive inside sub outside tweet. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck it. We're throwing too many fucking words together. This is <laughs> we're throwing everything at the wall. Nothing's sticking. I'm scared, Paul. Oh, here's one. Here's a question. Well, it's a two-part question. One, were you interested in Gundam and or the mecha genre before Fetty Scum? So I actually started watching uh, the mecha genre back when uh, 
I want to say it was Gundam Wing and Robotech hit Toonami. That was Fuck my yeah. first real uh, look at everything. Yeah, same. And then like I played all of the all of the Gundam games, all the Robot, well, the, the one Robotech game we got for PlayStation Two. I just absolutely fucking loved it. Wing like ended up kind of falling out of grace with me. Like it didn't feel as special. Like once I kind of started seeing the stuff that was happening in Double uh, O Seventy Nine and seeing the One Year War. I don't know. I think it's a, as I got older, like I just kind of like gravitated more towards the uh, these di- different like major bodies warring it out, and neither side is really the good guy. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's how it was for me too. Um, my early experience with Gundam, specifically as a kid, was G Gundam, Gundam Wing, and then the greatest Gundam series of all time, SD Gundam Force. Which one was SD Gundam Force? That was the one with the uh, little chibi 3D. Was it the one that had just the RX seventy or RX seventy eight, or was that a different one? I think there were others. I can't, I can't remember honestly. Um, I know there were like little Zaku's and little RX seventy eight, and they were all like the size of a human and walk around. They were like little sentient people. I think I remember like the uh, the goof being the the one of the major bad guys. And then you had basically like a souped up version of Shar Zaku. That was like the big antagonist at one point. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was a fucking teenager. Then that's, that's been like 15, 16 years. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I just remember being blown away by the graphics, you know, it's amazing. It's ahead of its time. And you said Robotech as well. You liked Robotech. Yeah. Hell yeah. That shit was dope. Did you watch G Gundam? I did watch the fuck. I actually have uh, the Blu-ray collection. I didn't get the fancy one that Adam did with the the headband and all the other stuff, but like I did get the full collection. Nice, nice. I want to go back and rewatch those now that I've been watching like 0079, the UC stuff, just to see what it's like in comparison. It's probably a lot worse, at least from what I've been told, but. Eh, debatable. I like the way that Gundam Wing just looks. I just really like the look of the Gundams in that. Really badass. So there was a um, a three-issue manga that came out. That yeah. was like a, a side story set in the Gundam Wing universe. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was a manga, you said? Yeah. So it was... I think in America it was published by the uh, the company Tokyo Pop. Um, it was called Gundam oh, okay. The Last Outpost. Hmm. Never heard of it. Yeah. So it's it's like another set of colonies set off further off, and there's two uh two two other Gundams that were made. You <laughs> have like some of the most like insanely uh gaudy custom Leos that also like uh, end up being the main aggressors. But I think it's getting a, a redo, is what Jason was telling me earlier today. If I can find my three issues of it, I'll uh I'll I'll bring it up when I come see you guys in October. Fuck yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. Sounds pretty cool. Let's see. How did you get such a sexy voice? Did you practice? Oh, my God. Did you listen to other sexy-sounding men? I, I can't be furrin, man. I can't I can't be smooth as German chocolate. Like, I don't I Well, don't no one can want. be furrin, but, I mean, come on. It's a, it's a pretty close second, man. <laughs> That's what I get told, man. Like, it's, I think it's one of those things that, like, everyone has of, like, hearing your voice recorded. Or hearing your voice as anyone else. Because there's those tones that are missing from like the sound of your voice traveling back through your bones that you hear. Vice what everyone yeah, else like, hears. Ew. Yeah, and just because it's different, you're like, 
kind of thrown off by it, maybe self-conscious about it. You know, that normally wears off for people. Um, it definitely wore off for me when it came to singing because I did that a lot. But talking, no, I fucking, I still can't stand it. I, that's, I never listen to our fucking podcast. That's why I couldn't remember that, uh, that scene that I, I know I fucked up. I just know I fucked it up. <laughs> I remember it. I remember feeling like, oh, shit, something crucial happened and I wasn't listening and I fucked up a plot point and I ended up creating a whole episode cleaning up my mess because of it. Um, but I didn't listen back to the episode to find out what it was because I don't like hearing the sound of my voice. I think I've gotten more comfortable hearing the sound of my voice now that I've done been streaming for a little bit over a year. Yeah. Because like I have to go back through, um, listen. Like I have to listen to my own stuff so I can hear, was my audio good? Did all these things yeah. work? And then sometimes it's like, so I can go back and grab clips to do some sort of highlight reel. Okay, I see. Yeah, that's that's when I'll listen is when I have to edit. Um, but usually now that Dallas is editing the podcast and stuff like that, you know, I don't have to worry about that shit. Um, <laughs> and I mean, if I hear my voice now, I don't cringe as hard as I used to. But, you know, the cringe is still, there. still there. So I try to avoid it, you know. I will say, like, going back and listening to um, the finalized cuts for the first two interviews, I think yeah. da- Dallas definitely does fuck with my voice with an equalizer. Cause it, it sounds smoother than I, I I think it is. Oh, yeah. He just hires um, voice actors to redo all of our shit. Good old Patreon money. Whoever he got to play me, he did not pay enough. Did not pay enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's see. I got one more question for you. This is the last one. Oh yeah. I just need to just need to figure out what it is. <laughs> How do you not know? Give me a second. <laughs> got one more. I just don't know okay. what it is yet. Okay. I got one. I saw this one on Twitter and it was directed at us, but I'm throwing it back at you. Do you build Gumpla? And if so, or even if not, fuck it. What's your favorite mecha? Your favorite mobile suit. So I used to build Gunpla like a lot um, when I was younger. Back in like the high school days, like we had a hobby shop that wasn't too far from the house. My grandmother would take me like once a month. We'd pick pick out a new suit. I did a lot of SD stuff, did a lot of stuff from Wing because that was what was available. Didn't pick it up for several years. And then recently, about like six months ago, started trying to do it again. I just built my first master grade, which was the uh, the Mark II. Okay, sweet. And then I got to touch the for the first time the new the, the new high grade suits with doing um, Shars Origin uh, Zaku Two, and holy shit, the new high grade kits just feel amazing compared to the shit that I worked with in the early two thousands, late nineties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how it is for me. I haven't I haven't uh, put together any Gumplo recently. But I used to do it a lot when I was a kid and thinking back to how that was and then looking at some of the stuff that I've seen Dallas do. I'm like, this is just such a vast improvement. Yeah, like seeing like the first time like I really saw like any kind of crazy gunplay builds, it was uh, Dallas doing, I think, the Shars uh, at guy and then him showing him doing the custom paint job for it and doing weathering. And I never thought about doing any of that shit when I was a kid. Never thought about that shit. Speaking of that, people definitely need to check out Dallas's YouTube channel and check out his Gumpla build videos because they're actually really good. I feel like they're highly underrated. So link in the description, you know? Yeah, yeah, link in the description. Like they're they're super chill videos. Like I I got 
honestly, I think that was what re-inspired me to go back out and uh, hunt down a couple kits. The problem I have now is the hobby shop that we have in town is gone. Oh, uh, man. Same thing happened to us. That sucks. Like they they folded and it was it was due to like motherfucker not listening. Like the, oh, the community really? was trying to tell them what to do, but they were trying to take on too much and compete with the wrong people. It's like, no, man, just you have this thing here. Hold on to that. Keep keep special. And then they just they I th- want to say they folded just prior to uh, the pandemic last year. So like the the main or I guess the only comic book shop in town, which is weird considering this is a fucking city. They have Gunpla, but it's like five or six kits. A lot of them are perfect grades and they're like perfect grades of shit that like I don't even want to mess with. Or they're from <laughs> some like random yeah. ass one off series that like I've never even heard of. Right. Yeah, I'm not quite ready for a perfect grade yet. No. Yeah, I'm going to stick to high grade for now just to get back into things. I recommend like throwing down on one master grade, like find, find one that's not like crazy, but I absolutely love everything that went into doing that, uh, that master grade mark too. I just, I didn't yeah. know that they would get that articulate at that, at that level level where I, I, I say that low level at like it just being one level up from fucking high. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a big difference usually between the two. It's pretty crazy. I think if I was going to do a master grade, I'd probably do, I'd have to do something I fucking love. Like I love the way it looks, you know, so I'd be super proud of it. Maybe something like, uh, you know, the Gundam Epion. Yes. That that's a badass one or, or strike freedom. That's a, that's a dope one too. Uh, Out of the, out of the entire series, like what is your favorite mech? If you tell me, tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. Those are those are probably my two favorite, the ones I just mentioned. I just love the way they look, um, and then the Wing Gundam Zero. I just I like I like the stuff from uh, from Gundam Wing. It just looks so cool to me. I mean, they were all very very unique suits, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool about it. Now, is it the Wing Zero from Wing itself or the Wing Zero from Waltz? I think the uh, the one from Endless Waltz is the cooler one. With the just straight up angel wings, like there's no, yeah. there's no fucking around anymore. Like there are feathers coming off this bitch. Yeah, it's pretty fucking epic. That, you know, that's probably my favorite. That's that's probably number one. And then Epion, and then Strike Freedom. Those are my top three, at least at least visuals wise. I think those are the three coolest and the ones I would wanna, I'd wanna get once I get back into building Gumpla, which will be hopefully soon. Hopefully, is Strike Freedom from Seed? Yeah. Okay. That that would be why I don't know shit about Strike Freedom. <laughs> and I've never even fucking watched Gundam Seed. I just I know what Strike Freedom looks like and it's just fucking awesome. Seen a lot of artwork for it and seen, you know, different kits for it and stuff like that. I just like the way it looks. Okay, that's glorious as fuck. Like I'm seeing a, a posed out form of it right now with the Yeah. The booster wings extended, the arms out, like that's beautiful. Yeah, that's pretty badass, yeah. So for me, it it's a it's a suit from everyone's favorite Christmas series, 0080, which nice. is apparently also getting a a redo in manga form right now. The fucking camphor, man. This is a really exciting time to get back into Gundam. Like I'm really glad we did the Fetty Scum podcast because that's what pulled me back into all this. Um, I used to love this shit, and then it just kind of I just fell off of it over the years, and I don't know why. 
I guess life just happened and shit, you know, but now I'm an adult and I can do what I want. Like, Build toys and shit. <laughs> now I'm an adult and I can actually fucking do this shit. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a mixture of like getting older or like the time frame of getting older. And then we weren't really getting a whole lot as a Western audience for a long time there. Yeah. Like we weren't getting sent any of the games. We weren't getting sent any of the anime. I think like Sad. those that like either knew Japanese or could get a hold of it and found someone that would translate it to, to at least put subs into it. Had some stuff, but like, didn't really have a whole lot. And now my brain immediately just shot to Thunderbolt and had the glories of Thunderbolt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like also it wasn't clear how big of an audience there was here in the West for all of this stuff after a while, no. after the Toonami era. And now I think with this resurgence, it's become clear that this is this is growing beyond just like a niche. This is like pretty, pretty popular. There's a pretty big demand for this stuff. So I think we'll continue to see more stuff become adapted for the West. Hopefully. Hopefully. I think with the, uh, the building of the, uh, the life size RX 78, it might reignite the market worldwide. Hell yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cause there's a lot of people who are like, what the fuck is that thing? That's cool as hell. That's a goddamn transformer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that tra- that's Optimus Prime up there. Holy shit. <laughs> That's the damn Megazord. Oh, my God. I don't know why I made that guy a redneck. I, I think it's just us being from the South, and that's that's, <laughs> that's our default. <laughs> default to redneck when you want to act like you want to go a little extra with your voice. Yeehaw. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a great interview, Scoop. You did great. I got the inside scoop on on Scoop. <laughs> Cut that out, Dallas. But yeah, and uh, thanks for interviewing me. I'm glad we got to uh, take turns on each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. You, know. you, you gotta you gotta let your partner finish first. It's it's fair. That's what's that's what's fair. I was very loving of you. Yeah. I was very compassionate of you, and I rewarded you by tending to your needs. Yeah, I know it was nice. A little un- a little unexpected. Yeah. It's it's nice to surprise your partner every now and then, you know. Yeah. I'm glad we both got to uh, finish. Yeah, together. Now, now, are we hitting stop now? Yeah, I think we can hit stop now. In this war. Dead medium. Good.